Chapter Nineteen of Mysteries of Paris, Volume One by Eugène Sue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nineteen, Recompense. Vive la Charte! cried the Chourineur. How precious glad I am to see you again, Monsieur Rodolphe, or rather, my lord. Good day, my excellent friend. I am equally glad to see you. Oh, what a joker Monsieur Murphy is! He told me you had gone away but stay my lord call me monsieur rodolph i like that best well then monsieur rodolph i have to ask your pardon for not having been to see you after the night with the schoolmaster i see now that i was guilty of a great rudeness but i do not suppose that you had any desire to see me i forgive you said rodolph smiling and then added murphy has shown you all over the house yes monsieur rodolph and a fine house and fine shop it is all so neat and so comfortable talking of comfortable i am the man that will be so monsieur rodolph monsieur murphy is going to put me in the way of earning four francs a day yes four francs a day i have something better than that to propose to you my good fellow better it's impolite to contradict you but i think that would be difficult four francs a day i tell you i have something better for this house all that it contains the shop and a thousand crowns which are in this pocket-book are all yours the chourineur smiled with a stupid air flattened his long napped hat between his knees and squeezed it convulsively evidently not understanding what rodolph said to him although his language was plain enough rodolph with much kindness said to him i can imagine your surprise but i again repeat this house and this money are yours they are your property the chourineur became purple passed his horny hand over his brow which was bathed with perspiration and stammered out in a faltering voice what eh that is indeed my property yes your property for i bestow it all upon you do you understand i give it to you the chourineur rocked backwards and forwards on his chair scratched his head coughed looked down on the ground and made no reply he felt that the thread of his ideas had escaped him he heard quite well what rodolph said to him and that was the very reason he could not credit what he heard between the depth of misery the degradation in which he had always existed and the position in which rodolph now placed him there was an abyss so wide that the service he had rendered to rodolph important as it was could not fill it up does what i give you then seem beyond your hopes inquired rodolph my lord said the chourineur starting up suddenly you offer me this house and a great deal of money to tempt me but i cannot take them i never robbed in my life it is perhaps to kill but i have too often dreamed of the sergeant added he in a hoarse tone oh the unfortunate exclaimed rodolph with bitterness the compassion evinced for them is so rare that they can only explain liberality as a temptation to crime then addressing the chourineur in a voice full of gentleness you judge me wrong you mistake i shall require from you nothing but what is honourable what i give you i give because you have deserved it i said the chourineur whose embarrassments recommenced i deserve it how i will tell you abandoned from your infancy without any knowledge of right or wrong left to your natural instinct 
shut up for fifteen years in the bang with the most desperate villains assailed by want and wretchedness compelled by your own disgrace and the opinion of honest men to continue to haunt the low dens infested by the vilest malefactors you have not only remained honest but remorse for your crime has outlived the expiation which human justice had inflicted upon you this simple and noble language was a new source of astonishment for the chourineur he contemplated rodolph with respect mingled with fear and gratitude but was still unable to convince himself that all he heard was reality what monsieur rodolph because you beat me because thinking you a workman like myself because you spoke slang as if you had learned it from the cradle i told you my history over two bottles of wine and afterwards i saved you from being drowned you give me a house money i shall be master say really monsieur rodolph once more is it possible believing me like yourself you told me your history naturally and without concealment without withholding either what was culpable or generous i have judged you and judged you well and i have resolved to recompense you but monsieur rodolph it ought not to be there are poor labourers who have been honest all their lives and who i know it and it may be i have done for many others more than i am doing for you but if the man who lives honestly in the midst of honest men encouraged by their esteem deserves assistance and support he who in spite of the aversion of good men remains honest amidst the most infamous associates on earth he too deserves assistance and support this is not all you saved my life you saved the life of murphy the dearest friend i have and what i do for you is as much the dictate of personal gratitude as it is the desire to withdraw from pollution a good and generous nature which has been perverted but not destroyed and that is not all what else have i done monsieur rodolph rodolph took his hand and shaking it heartily said filled with commiseration for the mischief which had befallen the very man who had tried just before to kill you you even gave him asylum in your humble dwelling number nine close to notre dame you knew then where i lived monsieur rodolph if you forget the services you have done to me i do not when you left my house you were followed and were seen to enter there with the schoolmaster but monsieur murphy told me that you did not know where i lived monsieur rodolph i was desirous of trying you still further i wished to know if you had disinterestedness in your generosity and i found that after your courageous conduct you returned to your hard daily labour asking nothing hoping for nothing not even uttering a word of reproach for the apparent ingratitude with which i repaid your services and when murphy yesterday proposed to you employment a little more profitable than that of your habitual toil you accepted it with joy with gratitude why monsieur rodolph do you see sir four francs a day are always four francs a day as to the service i rendered you why it is rather i who ought to thank you how so yes yes monsieur rodolph he added with a saddened air i do not forget that since i knew you it was you who said to me those two words you have both heart and honour it is astonishing how i have thought of that there are only two little words and yet those two words had that effect but in truth so two small grains of anything in the soil and they will put forth shoots this comparison just and almost poetical as it was struck rodolph in sooth 
two words but two magic words for the heart that understood them had almost suddenly developed the generous instincts which were inherent in this energetic nature you place the schoolmaster at st mandé said rodolph yes monsieur rodolph he made me change his notes for gold and buy a belt which i sewed round his body and in which i put his mopuses and then good day he boards for thirty sous a day with good people to whom that sum is of much service when i have time to leave my wood-piles i shall go and see how he gets on your wood-piles you forget your shop and that you are here at home come monsieur rodolph do not amuse yourself by jesting with a poor devil like me you have had your fun in proving me as you term it my house and my shop are songs to the same tune you said to yourself let us see if this chourineur is such a gulpin as to believe that i will make him such a present enough enough monsieur rodolph you are a wag and there's an end of the matter and he laughed long loud and heartily but once more believe if i were to believe you then you would say poor chourineur go you are a trouble to me now rodolph began to be really troubled how to convince the chourineur and said in a solemn impressive and almost severe tone i never make sport of the gratitude and sympathy with which noble conduct inspires me i have said this house and this establishment are yours if they suit you for the bargain is conditional i swear to you on my honour all this belongs to you and i make you a present of it for the reasons i have already given the dignified and firm tone and the serious expression of the features of rodolph at length convinced the chourineur for some moments he looked at his protector in silence and then said in a voice of deep emotion i believe you my lord and i thank you much a poor man like me cannot make fine speeches but once more indeed on my word i thank you very much all i can say is that i will never refuse assistance to the unhappy because hunger and misery are aggressors of the same sort as those who laid hands on the poor goualeuse and once in that sink it is not every one that has the fist strong enough to pull you out again my worthy fellow you cannot prove your gratitude more than in speaking to me thus so much the better my lord or else i should have a hard job to prove it come now let us visit your house my good old murphy has had the pleasure and i should like it also rodolph and the chourineur came downstairs at the moment they reached the yard the shopman addressing the chourineur said to him respectfully since you sir are to be my master i beg to tell you that our custom is capital we have no more cutlets or legs of mutton left and we must kill a sheep or two directly parbleu said rodolph to the chourineur here is a capital opportunity for exercising your skill i should like to have the first sample the open air has given me an appetite and i will taste your cutlets you are very kind monsieur rodolph said the chourineur in a cheerful voice you flatter me but i will do my best shall i bring two sheep to the slaughter-house master asked the journeyman yes and bring a well-sharpened knife not too thin in the blade and strong in the back i have just what you want master there you should shave with it take it tonnerre monsieur rodolph said the chourineur taking off his upper coat with haste 
and turning up his shirt-sleeves which displayed a pair of arms like a prize-fighter's this reminds me of my boyish days and the slaughter-house you shall see how i handle a knife no de no i wish i was at it the knife lad the knife that's it i see you know your trade this is a blade who will have it tonnerre with a tool like this i could face a wild bull and the chourineur brandished his knife his eyes began to fill with blood the beast was regaining the mastery the instinct and thirst for blood reappeared in all the fullness of their fearful predominance the butchery was in the yard a vaulted dark place paved with stones and lighted by a small narrow opening at the top the man drove one of the sheep to the door shall i fasten him to the ring master fasten him tonnerre and i with knees at liberty oh no i will hold him here as fast as if in a vice give me the beast and go back to the shop the journeyman obeyed rodolph was left alone with the chourineur and watched him attentively almost anxiously now then to work said he oh i shan't be long tonnerre you shall see how i handle a knife my hands burn and i have a singing in my ears my temples beat as they used when i was going to see red come here thou oh madelon let me stab you dead then his eyes sparkled with a fierce delight and no longer conscious of the presence of rodolph the chourineur lifted the sheep without an effort with one spring he carried it off as a wolf would do bounding towards his lair with his prey rodolph followed him and leaned on one of the wings of the door which he closed the butchery was dark one strong ray of light falling straight down lighted up a la rembrandt the rugged features of the chourineur his light hair and his red whiskers stooping low holding in his teeth a long knife which glittered in the darkness visible he drew the sheep between his legs and when he had adjusted it took it by the head stretched out its neck and cut its throat at the instant when the sheep felt the keen blade it gave one gentle low and pitiful bleat and raising its dying eyes to the chourineur two spurts of blood jetted forth into the face of its slayer the cry the look the blood that spouted out made a fearful impression on the man his knife fell from his hands his features grew livid contracted and horrible beneath the blood that covered them his eyes expanded his hair stiffened and then retreating with a gesture of horror he cried in a suffocating voice oh the sergeant the sergeant rodolph hastened to him recover yourself my good fellow there there the sergeant repeated the chourineur retreating step by step with his eyes fixed and haggard and pointing with his finger as if at some invisible phantom then uttering a fearful cry as if the spectre had touched him he rushed to the bottom of the butchery into the darkest corner and there with his face breast and arms against the wall as if he would break through it to escape from so horrible a vision he repeated in a hollow and convulsive tone oh the sergeant the sergeant the sergeant End of chapter nineteen